Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate. And I'm Jack, and we both work at an online school, MVA. Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And love the sound of our own voices. Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of MVP and happy to say it's not just Jack and I talking nonsense uh, this week. We will of course be talking nonsense but we're actually joined by another guest so Jack over to you. Yeah Lucy is here to talk nonsense with us and and Lucy um, you're going to talk us through the nonsense of octopi octopodes octopus octopuses it's not actually it's not actually octopi it's a bit of a common misconception it's octopuses is it ah, i think octopi, i think octopi is when it's like more than one species and octopuses when it's one or it might be the other way around you need an english teacher here not a science teacher for that one. i i mean i i was an english teacher for my sins but i honestly couldn't tell you <laughs> so lucy you are a teacher at the school I am. Um, and is it a? Are you biology teach by trade or or all all round science? Biology by choice. Um, <laughs> obviously, biology is the superior science. Um, <laughs> um, but I do teach physics um, as well, and I could maybe teach chemistry if persuaded. But I stick with biology if I can. I um. Um, biology by trade as well I teach chemistry a lot at the moment but I would agree in that it's the most interesting science it's certainly the one that explains the world around us the best and I find that um, certainly students and uh, maybe teachers a little bit as well but uh, get more use out of it as a pub quiz uh, topic I think it's <laughs> animals plants they're always in in um, general knowledge quizzes so That's such uh, a good point I I mean I don't I didn't really pick my career based off of what I could utilize in a pub quiz but I think if I was having my time again I nice. yeah I definitely would <laughs> no see I know loads of people that are biologists by trade and then you kind of get bullied into teaching physics because there's hardly any physics teachers but I <laughs> I loved physics at school that was definitely my favorite and the most interesting so so many of like yeah, it was biology. We just said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not going to win this battle Kate I'm afraid yeah, it's, okay, uh... <laughs> it is two against one but anyway moving on and moving back to what we're here to talk about today the very very important topic life-changing episode I think for most people if you've been listening so far to our series yes we've covered politics yes we might have gone through some hard-hitting ethical questions but today as we mentioned we're going to be talking about octopus octopi or octopuses however you want to refer to it um so lucy why why have you picked this topic and why don't you kick us off with with what we need to know because they just rock they're so cool they're like there's so many things about them that are just oh as i as i talk through them they're, they're, they've they're they've got them for, for starters they've got the most neurons of any um invertebrate and um, they've got the same number of neurons as a dog which is why they're so intelligent they use tools um, they've got personalities. They recognise human faces. Oh wow! So one of my favourite experiments with octopus. So um, you could think of it as being a little bit mean, but it's not too unethical. So some scientists in an aquarium um, did like the good cop, bad cop thing, and one of the keepers would feed the octopus and would give it lots of lovely treats and all the things it wanted, and the other one would poke it with a sharp stick every now and again. 
And after two weeks, not, I'm not too sure. No, no, yeah. Um, after two weeks, um, this octopus started recognising which keeper it was. And when the mean keeper walked past, it would squirt it with water. Wow. So they recognise human faces. Oh, oh, that's, I mean, that is really clever. And you don't, you certainly don't yeah, really imagine really that. Cool. Any, anyone that can do that, any animal that can do that is, is gets a big thumbs up in my book. Yeah. I, I've seen um, videos as well of, and you might go on to talk about this, but an, an octopus when it's in a jar and it can unscrew the jar to get out again. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. That sounds like yeah, that, sci-fi. That was another, that was another, that was another um, it wasn't really an experiment. It wasn't, it wasn't intended as an experiment, but it ended up as one. So there was another aquarium where they noticed that um, the fish in the other end of the room were going missing. Um, couldn't work out what was going on because usually you know, if something dies overnight, you find it in the bottom of the tank in the morning. Um, it's only a limited area. And they put some cameras in the room eventually to figure out what was going on. And the octopus was opening the lid of its tank, climbing out of its tank, going into the uh, fish tank, coming back out again, but on the way, re-shutting all the tanks wow. so that it wouldn't find out. Can they I'm, breathe I'm outside? actually scared of them. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> in my, I'm going to go to sleep tonight, close my eyes and just see an octopus coming towards me. It's, uh, yeah. you, you don't find them too much, you know, just wandering around outside in, in nature. So uh, not around here anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I live seven stories up, so I think I might be okay just about. Although the, the suction power, <laughs> I'm, I'm now imagining I'm going up the side of my building to get to me, but... Yeah, oh this is turning sort of like a you know a bit of a sci-fi um, new Batman's <laughs> come and save you episode now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with the basics. We've got a ton of legs. I mean, why? Um, <laughs> why don't you talk us through the, the general <laughs> the general infrastructure around the octopus? So yeah, that, that's where the anatomy of an octopus is one of its really cool things. It's got three hearts. Oh gosh. It's got nine brains, and it's got blue blood. What? Why does it have blue blood? It's royal. Let's start at the top. Okay. It is royal. (laughs) Um, So three hearts, first of all. So obviously we need oxygen to pump around our bodies to um, to provide the oxygen um, for respiration, for for movement. And because octopus are quite intelligent, they use quite a lot of oxygen. So it's got one heart that pumps um, its blood to the gills where it's going to take in oxygen. And then it's got two hearts that pump it around the rest of its body. Um, so whereas we have a much more complicated heart, a double circuitry system, for those in year 10 who should know exactly what that is now because we did it last week, um, rather than doing that, they have three hearts just pumping um, to, to get enough oxygen around its body. And is it sort of one loop that all joins up or is the gills loop different to the double heart loop? Well, everything's got to join up or it wouldn't. Um, but yeah, so so it's got it's got a loop that goes around the gill and then um, as it comes back around, it kind of goes into another vessel and it kind of, it's got two hearts and the, they kind of split going off in different directions. Wow. <laughs> so three hearts. <laughs> what was the next thing? Blue uh, yeah, blue, blue blood. blood. Why? So um, uh, I think we've skipped, I think we've skipped is... the nine brains there, Jack. Uh, oh yes, my one brain couldn't well, even remember the nine brains. Blue blood, so. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's so go nine brains blood. first and build up to blue blood. Okay, let's do that. Um, so nine brains, eight legs. Can you see where it's going? So okay. they've got a, basically they've got a brain for each leg. Wow. Which mean I mean they're not they're only very primitive brains. They're not like you know the sort of brains that we have. But by having a brain for each leg, it means it can use its tentacles. Um, independently 
So whereas when I try to play the piano, I'm there trying to do this hand and this hand and getting completely confused. Mm-hmm. I can't play the piano, you know, <laughs> don't ask me to do one of these on the piano playing. Um, an octopus can be doing one thing with this arm. So it can be cooking dinner with this arm and helping the kids with its homework with this arm. Oh, so wow. it can control each of its legs independently. So one leg can be off, um, you know, obviously octopus don't do homework. So one leg can be off, like, you know, trying to find a shell or something while this leg is, you know, looking out here for some other sort of prey or something. The ninth brain is then like a um, like a top-down brain, which can control all the other um, other nine. So they've, they've kind of got this central control from the main brain, um, but each um, each leg can also think for itself. Well, yeah, that that was going to what I was going to ask, which I was like, this this is probably going to sound really really silly, but when it comes to consciousness, are those leg brains independently thinking, <laughs> or is the central brain making the decisions, and then the leg brains are like the little workers who are going off and actually? So in, you, you've actually got a system in your body that's. N- not the same, but not dissimilar. So um, the the muscle in your gut and everyone else's gut, and I'm just not just targeting you, um, can work independently of your nervous system. So if you were to remove a piece of gut from um, a mammal um, and you put it in what we call an organ bath, and you can, it, it will continue to work without um, your brain telling it what to do. And so that's essentially what's happening here. It, although it does have like a central um, I mean, I'm calling it a brain, but it's not—it's not a brain like we've got in our heads. It's—it's it's more of a, a control area of neurons, mm-hmm. um, so they, they can work independently. So yeah, it can be gathering. So for example, um, octopus can um, can tell if it's night or day because of the, um, the what it can feel on its on its tentacle. So it can stick its arm out of, a, of its den and tell if it's night or day. But at the same time as doing that, it can be using this arm to you know eat its, its dinner with sort of thing. Why have they got blue blood? <laughs> <laughs> well so we have got red blood because we use hemoglobin to carry oxygen around our bodies which um and it's made of iron and when iron is um oxygenated it's red so we have these red blood cells here's one i made earlier uh, which travel around our body with um iron in them and that's what carries the oxygen um but iron doesn't work very well in cold and low oxygen conditions um so um uh, an element that works much better is copper and when copper's oxygenated it's blue so actually quite a few um, sea animals have blue blood. So it's, it's blue because they're using copper instead of iron to carry their oxygen around their body. And they're doing that because they work much better in cold and low oxygen environments. Okay. Wow. That is, that is I mean, uh, so that's that's a fact there. Further afield than just the octopus, guys. We're learning, learning is, constantly. Yeah. Not, not just the octopus. <laughs> How do, um, are they able to communicate with one another? Well, they can squirt humans in the face. <laughs> they tend to be—they tend to be quite solitary, though. They do tend to be quite territorial and, and you know, kind of live very separate from each other. There's obviously going to be times when they do come together. Um, but for example, um, uh, the, the female octopus will lay her eggs. Um, it depends on what species of octopus, because there's actually significantly high numbers. I can't remember the exact number. Don't ask me. Um, but there's lots of different species uh, which have will have different incubation times, and the female octopus will stay with her eggs twenty four seven until they hatch. Um, okay. So the female, um, once she's with her eggs, that's kind of it. Unfortunately. Um, she will fade away, and then by the time the 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 um, baby octopus starts to you know emerge from the eggs, her job is done, and she will pass away. What's say, what's their life cycle like? How long how long do they tend to live? 
again, it'll depend on the species. Um, anything from a year or two to like the giant octopus will live much longer because it's got to get to much bigger size before it reaches maturity. Um, but actually, male octopuses don't live much past um, reproduction either. So um, all the little baby octopus that are going around in the sea are actually all orphans. Sadly, oh, oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> Mating really is the final, final act before death. Yeah, the, the final act. Yes, that's yeah. No wonder they're so misbehaved. <laughs> this is a Pixar movie waiting to happen. I think about the octopus. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm already shedding a tear. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine taste either. So, <laughs> are there any sort of threats to the kind of octopus population, or in the scheme of species, are they doing all right? Well, they they're not on the endangered list. Um, like most species, the biggest threat is humans. Um, you know, the, the, with the whole uh, habitats destroying and all the rest of it, the lovely qualities that us humans have, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, in terms of their numbers, they seem to be doing okay. It's very difficult to to, to monitor. Um, things that live very deep in the ocean because, you know, we can't get there very easily. Um, but to my knowledge, there are not any octopus on the um, UN red list currently. Although now are they able to... Up and, and there is. Are, are they able to... You mentioned about the case of um, them kind of leaving their tanks and going and um, sort of collecting the fish from the other tanks. So are they able to breathe outside of water then? They are. They, so as well as having the gills circulating, they can actually um, take an oxygen through their skin. Um, oh, it's obviously wow. limited. They don't want to dry out, um, but they can come onto land. They don't want to stay out for too long, um, but they can move across land. So um, they could they can move from rock pool to rock pool, for example. There, there are some, I keep messing up the plural, but there's some octopus species that um, can camouflage. Is that right? Quite a few of them can, yeah. So um, they... So, well, first of all, as I said, they, they've got they've got lots and loads of detectors. The, the number of neurons they've they've got two thirds of their neurons are in their tentacles. So you know it's it's like our our fingers with superpowers. Um, so they can they can um, feel the temperature through it. They can detect food. They can obviously use it to, to manipulate and move tools. Um, they do use tools as well, um, but they can we call see with their skin. So they have their eyes, which work in one way. Um, but they have um, these light-sensitive proteins um, in their tentacles and across the whole body, but mainly in their tentacles, um, called opsonins. And what they do is they sense the changes in the light, and that's how they can detect um, night versus day, um, by these, these opsonins and, and the proteins. They'll, they'll basically change their conformational shape um, depending uh, on the light levels. So, yeah, wow. like we were saying earlier, they can stick their tentacle out to, to find out if it's, if it's night or day. Um, but the as well as having those, so they can detect um, how light it is, which is obviously going to affect what colour they need to be. Um, they also have another pigment in their skin called a chromatophore. Um, this is a special type of cell which contains, sorry, so the chromatophore is the pigment inside the cell. Get it right, Lucy. Um, and when the cell contracts, um, I need to get this right. So when it contracts, um, it changes to a colour. And when it relaxes, it goes white. So if they if they contract their cells, they can turn their whole body to a colour, um, and when they relax, they go white. Which is why the, the female octopus that was dying was completely white because her cells relax; she can no longer, you know, squeeze to, to activate these chromatophores. Yeah. Um, and so when they change, and they, they can change them like constantly, like you know, we we don't even think about blinking and 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 all the rest of it. They don't think about doing this. They're not sort of going, hmm, I think I want to be blue today, and <laughs> you know, change their chromatophores. 
hundreds of times a second, they'll change it depending on their surroundings, which is they're, they're also detecting with these op- opsonins. So opsonins detecting what's going on, and then the chromatophores changing um, due to the shape of the cells to, to make them um, different colours, which is what allows them to camouflage. But I am actually more scared of them now, you've said that, because not only <laughs> could they come out of water to come and attack me, but also I wouldn't see them coming. What we really <laughs> don't want is an octopi or an octopus getting hooked up with like AI gone wild. This could be a very, very dangerous combination. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole new podcast there. <laughs> yeah. So are there any other facts that you just need to get off your chest? We need to know about these amazing creatures. Oh, no bones. Um, so octopus obviously have no bones, hence they can get through those little small gaps. I say obviously, it's maybe not obvious. Um, they can get through the small gaps in the tanks and, and you know manipulate themselves out of the, out of the, um, the jars and things like that. Um, so to rely on not being compressed, they rely on uh, what they call a hydroskeleton. So they fill um, compartments within their body with water. And because water is not very compressible, that's what stops them being squished. Um, but it means they're incredibly flexible because they can obviously take some of the water out, they can change their shape and they can manipulate themselves into these um, structures that allows them to hide and to um, to get out of tanks and steal fish and such like. Tools, that's the other thing I was going to talk about. Um, so they are one of the only species known to use tools. So obviously humans and, and primates use tools. Um, crows and some other corvids have been known to use tools. Um, but octopus will also use them. So yeah, they are really clever. They can get through mazes. Um, yeah. They're clever. Definitely. Well, um, ha- have we got one, one more fact for the road before we move on to our next I feature? Can do, I can do one more one more for the uh, for the people who like disgusting things, because let's face yes. it, most of us are going to be broken in some way. Um, so think of the, the shape of an octopus. Um, it's buttons in its head as well. And so oh. it poops out of its head and its poo looks like silly string. Oh, <laughs> What a lovely one to end on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We have to get a bit of biology in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's so cool. I mean, they are an incredible, you know, um, species, aren't they? You know, they're just so they're they so funny. Like I feel funny looking. I feel like it's one of the first things people, you know, if ever you're if ever you're drawing as a child and you're drawing like a scene of the ocean, well, you get the octopus in there. It's something so distinctive um, <laughs> that everyone kind of remembers. Um, Definitely. So, I think as well, if you'd um, never have seen one before and you've seen it for the first time, you would think it was an alien. Uh, absolutely it's yeah. got the very hollywood alien feel to it yeah <laughs> especially when it's camouflaging itself and making itself look like you know like a sea star or some or a sea snake i've seen them turn themselves into as well yeah i need to um i'll get attenborough on later find some find an episode that's featuring them and then i can spout out all of these facts this evening and sound really knowledgeable <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a very good plan. So, Jack, do you want to move on to Teacher Liar and explain this feature? I should. And, and yeah, Lucy, welcome to Teacher Liar Pants on Fire, which is the, the, the feature, uh, the first feature we normally do on the podcast. Um, basically, if you've ever played Two Truths and a Lie, it's like that, uh, where I'm reading out three um, headlines from news stories. Um, two of them are true. One is completely made up. And it's yours and Kate's job to work out which one is the made-up story? Um, so story number one is that uh, police arrest fake Boris Johnson for drink driving. Story number two, hungry student 
eats prized artwork. And story number three, uh, Zoo finds chameleon that had been missing for 18 months in its tank. (laughs) So one of those is a lie. I should probably (laughs) say, Lucy... I'm really bad at this game. Jack hoodwinks me. I hope you watch the news more than I do. No, it's it's nothing to do with, like, I just try and read Jack and then I get myself into a tears because I'm like, that one's too obvious. Or is it obvious on purpose? Hmm, what's he trying to do? Is he, he's going with one that I, I'll, I'll think I'll know, but I know I don't know that. Da, 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 da. Um, so we've got, we've got Boris, Johnson. Boris Johnson the speeding ticket. What was the middle mm-hmm. one? I've forgotten already. Yeah, so fake Boris Johnson, speeding ticket. Hungry student eats prized artwork. Um, and then Zoo finds chameleon that has been missing for over 18 months. It was in its tank. I, I could see all four of them being true. That's the problem. Yeah, so I, I think... Oh, I don't know. My... See, when I was at university, <laughs> the boys I lived with actually spent... A, a significant number of hours chasing a squirrel around campus because they were that hungry. So that one seems very believable. <laughs> Artwork, though. Oh, like, what nutritional value are you getting from a bloody Picasso? I, well, I can I'm tell sure you what it was. Painting, I'm sure it was some sort of sculpture. It was. It was a banana, basically. It, that was the artwork. And so when she came along and ate it. That makes it more believable, but then again, it also means that you, you've you made it more believable on purpose so that I'm being walked in down this road. Oh, dear. Okay, so the, the chameleon being found in its own container after 18 months. That really I'd, reminds... I'd like to think that no... You'd like to think that no zoo would be that inept at yeah. looking after the animals in its care. Although... I don't have a huge amount of faith, or you know. <laughs> I want to go with the chameleon one just because I want to have faith in the in the in the zoo community. <laughs> the chameleon one was my reasoning. gut as as a lie, because yeah, I think it's a funny thing to have made up, and I can. But oh, yeah, let, should we, let's go with number three. Uh, you yeah. are correct. Yes! Uh, that is the lie. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh my god, that's the yeah, first time I've no. ever won. Completely made up. <laughs> How can a zoo lose a chameleon for 18 months? It, it's it's what, what this game does to you, isn't it? It makes you second guess everything. But of course, it fresh can't eyes. Lose it that's why, like, fre- like having yeah. Lucy and her be like, no, that wouldn't happen. Because I would just be like, well, Jack knows that that wouldn't happen. And it, that's I, why I did, he's picked that one. I did just say, I'd like to think it couldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it couldn't. <laughs> Definitely. That's well done though, Jack. They were excellent. So that means that fake Boris Johnson was arrested and a student did eat <laughs> the artwork. Oh dear, the world we yeah. live in. Yeah, it was a um Yeah, the artwork one's particularly interesting if anyone uh, wants to read up more on that. It's it was um the artwork was a banana. The banana gets replaced every two days anyway, but a student just walked along, didn't see the plaque, and just grabbed it and ate it. Um, I wouldn't eat a random banana, never mind one that I find in an art gallery pinned to a wall. So it was well, a brave move. But... Well, even as a student, I feel like I was absolutely filthy as a student. I, I like <laughs> I eat I would eat food if, if we were in like Kentucky fried chicken and somebody hadn't finished their food and walked out, I would be like, Oh my god, they've left they've left a thigh, I'll have that. 
I was really fascinated <laughs> as a youngster. <laughs> that, that, we'll add that to the list of things you probably shouldn't have confessed on the podcast. That's uh, the growing list. <laughs> oh. So uh, so our next one is for Jack and I to talk about our MVPs of the week. And um, this week, I've gone with somebody sciencey, as we've had a scientist with us. So my, um, my MVP of the week is Rosalind Franklin. Um, so for those people that don't know about her, so she was a British chemist and she had a crucial role in dis- discovering the structure of DNA. Um, however, she was robbed, ladies and gentlemen, she was robbed. Um, so she she was kind of contributed to this famous photo um, for the first X-ray images of DNA, which helped, um, oh my gosh, I can't actually remember the people's name, but the people who uh, came up with the official theory of its double Crick and Watson, was it? Something like that. The, uh, yeah, definitely Watson. Um, Watson and Crick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Watson and Crick. But they, they shared their... Um, they shared all of their findings without crediting her, uh, which obviously, you know, it was a man's world back then. I think we're talking about the in in like the fifties, um, and they went on to win win a Nobel Prize, um, which is a real shame um, that she she was not included in that. So that's my MVP of the week, Rosalind Franklin. Um, I'm and sure Jack- that will yeah that will 100% make up for not winning a Nobel prize or being an mvp on the podcast i think oh that, yeah that, yeah i've gone down a different route um so i've gone for paul the octopus um do you remember paul the octopus from uh the was it the 2006 world cup but he was paul the psychic octopus and he went on a string of remembering uh not remembering predicting, predicting. A, a lot of the results and yes. predicting them correctly uh, as well um and if that just doesn't encapsulate everything we've spoken about, about octop- octopus being our sort of overlords and the, the ultimate creature, um, I don't know what Jack, does. I'm really disturbed if that was 2006 because I was thinking that was the last World Cup <laughs> or like one or two it was ago. Like, it, yeah, it was either that or 2010. Um, I, it, it, was it, it was a while ago. Oh, my word. <laughs> That's really free. The 2006, that was in South Africa, right? Oh, no, 2010 was South Africa. 2006 was. was Germany. I went to that one in Germany. Um right after my GCSEs. Anyway, <laughs> it can't have been the 2006. It was 2010, so you wouldn't have seen Paul the Octopus in Germany. Uh, it was, yeah, it was 2010. For you. <laughs> only, only 22 years ago. Just Just one short trip down memory lane. Um, so Lucy, who's better out of these two MVPs of the week? Do you think? Well, I'll, I'll show you something that's going to influence my decision because if you look on the back of my arm, I have a DNA tattoo. <gasps> nice. So Rosalind Franklin all the way. I thought you were going to show an octopus. Rosalind <laughs> <laughs> Franklin, right there. <laughs> oh wow! Well, there we go. Well, I, I think that's pro- oh probably the end of this week's episode, unless you've got a classroom confessional, Jack. I have a classroom confessional. Um, it's uh, been submitted to us and it's uh, sort of careers themed as well. So um, it's I want to work in marine biology, um, but I don't know how to get work experience for that type of role. Is it still worth me doing general work experience 
is that going to be valuable for university applications? And is that going to be valuable for my future career? Um, is that, that that's the, the crux of this question. So wants to do marine biology, but doesn't know, there's obviously no direct work experience there, doesn't know what to do instead. Um, anyone got any ideas on that? Uh, firstly I would say definitely do work experience um, regardless of the field because you never know um, where your path is going to take you and um, Jack and I will be releasing an episode soon on careers and work experience and we talk in a little bit more detail about the value of that but I would say whilst marine biology that you might struggle and I'm sure Lucy will be able to have add more value here in a second but you might struggle for a role that's really specific to that I think if you broaden things slightly you could probably reach out to your local I don't know your local zoo even or you know something that where you could still they potentially will have like um you know uh an area of the zoo that's that's related where you could try and do a day of your work experience if you're able to get in somewhere like that I don't know what do you guys think yeah I, I, I think, think uh, so, go, go on, Lucy. so um I was at a science fair a couple of weeks ago and there was a talk there from a marine biologist and he was saying a lot of what he does is actually computer modeling um so even oh. getting experience in in like you know coding and things like that is going to be Number one, if you were doing a stigma with marine biology, it would be very relevant because I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, I will remember and let you know if you need to know later on. Um, but he yeah, spends a lot of time computer modelling. So once you've got the data from whatever it is he's looking at, um, then he did a lot of work on zooplankton and things like that and um, water cleanliness. Um, so computer modelling was a, was actually a very big part of his job. So there's so, going to be so many transferable skills and there's yeah. a lot of things that you'll be able to transfer from, from one place to another. And showing willingness as well is always going to help. Yeah, and, that, and any sort of role where you any sort of role where you're compiling information or researching or you know that that those uh, yeah as you said it's all about transferable skills particularly you know when yeah. you're when you're a young adult and you're you're starting out on this journey um, exposing yourself to uh, as many things as possible like that that um, perhaps give you some experience outside of what day to day schooling is like I think is really valuable. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, we've, we've we've been talking about someone who wants to become a marine biologist there, but you could apply that to um, someone who wants to go and work in perhaps film and TV, uh, where, again, it's more difficult to get direct work experience, but getting those transferable skills and perhaps getting experience working with people, um, you know, uh, and working towards a goal, proving to your future university or future employer that you can turn up on time, uh, you can um, get tasks done. All of those things are very, very worthwhile having under your belt. Yeah, and having a CV that's not made up of a pack of lies like mine was. All valuable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, is that another one on the list of things oh, yeah, that this... we yeah, we shouldn't these, reveal? That, so. these, these classroom <laughs> confessionals just turning into every unethical thing Kate did throughout her 20s. Um, <laughs> so I think that's probably all we have time for today. Um, if you've got any suggestions about future topics or you want to uh, send in a classroom confessional, podcast at minervavirtual.com is our email address. You can follow our journey as always on Instagram and you can see clips on TikTok. You can watch these conversations on our YouTube channel as well so there's lots of different ways and those are all going to be linked 
in the um, caption section for this episode. So really, all that's left to say is thank you so much, Lucy, for coming on. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for having me. Well, um, have a great rest of your day, guys. 